What's up, team? Before we head into the episode, I just wanted to take a second to give a special shout out to Just Move. That is my online subscription platform. I have hundreds of workouts over on Just Move, anything from cardio, strength, mobility. We even have other coaches on there. You can do yoga, dance, and so much more. And right now, we have 50% off an annual membership. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to JustMove.com and let's get moving. What's up, team? And welcome to the Kaisa Show. Okay, before we dive in today, I just want to clear the air because Mike and I have this dynamic in our relationship where I I might be thick-headed, bullheaded. What mm. is it called? Stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll let you determine that. <laughs> All of those things. So last week we were having a conversation about goals. And my whole point is I hate goals. I'm not a goal person. And Mike's whole point was you set so many goals. Like, how are you not a goal person? And I couldn't really, I didn't really have a good answer to that. So it's been bothering me all week. Like, okay, I do set markers in life. Another word for goals. Yeah. I'm admitting this right now. But I was thinking lately, because I have a negative relationship with goals, and it's literally the word goals, like I have an adverse reaction to that. But I do set them, so I'm going to acknowledge that. I I do set them. Mm. And I think using the word dreams, like I have a lot of dreams, that's a different word for markers to me that doesn't, or for goals, that Mm. doesn't give me that physical negative reaction. But all in all, I do want to say I do set what you call goals and I call dreams, which are the same thing. Now, I guess the only question I have, because you you admitted that you do set goals, but you had to put them in a big category. Like that'd be big goals. It was the medium goals. And I don't know, does dreams work for like you have like mediocre, not mediocre, medium sized dreams. Is that, does that work? Or those markers? Is it markers and dreams? Markers feels more of the like... I'm not going to have sugar for a month. Yeah. And that's not a dream. No, that's not a dream, but I don't, I really don't know what it is because off, off of the podcast, Mike and I were just talking about how I'm having, I'm really, I really think 2023 is going to be a sober year for me. I've done a, I've done a full sober year before. And I think this is like, what's going to happen again in 2023. I'm putting it out there now. Um, so like technically that would be a goal, but I just don't like that language. It makes me feel like I have to do something and I want to have the flexibility to have the strength to just stick with something because I want to learn a bigger, like with sober life in 2023, it's because I just want to be able to have all my energy going in the right direction. And I don't want to expend energy that's not helping me in terms of one business, but also really figuring out who I am. And so, yeah, you could put goal, but if I put goal and I decided to have one drink one night, I would just feel like an epic failure. And that's not what I want. I just want this process that's going to happen. What happens when, so you fail goals or you fail to reach a goal, but do you ever fail to reach a dream? Like you don't really hear that language. It's more like you didn't fulfill your dream. Yeah, but I also- But that feels lighter. It feels lighter. See, it's. I know I'm getting so technical, but it really matters in how I- You gave it your best shot. I gave it my best- Is what you want. But, or also like, 
tomorrow, like, you know, tomorrow's a new day and get, get back on the horse and get riding towards that dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't, you don't stew on the failure. Yes. You're just, it may have strayed a little bit from the path, but yeah. you, you're still on the path. Yeah. And I just feel like goals are so finite where it's like, for example, if I set a goal that I'm not drinking at all in 2023 and I had one drink, my personality falls off the bandwagon. I'm like, fuck it. YOLO. You know, yeah. like that doesn't work for me. And so <clears throat> my goal in 2023, my dream in 2023 is to live a relatively sober life because that is going to help me with my really big dream, which is to help getting help to get the world move and, and build up our business and everything that we have going on there. So that just feels different. So like if you and I go out one night and I want a tequila, like I would be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'll slap it out of your hand. Yeah, you would. This I know does you not would not align that. with your fucking goal. <laughs> that was a terrible example. <laughs> not you. <laughs> you would. But that's why I just feel like it's a different mindset for me. And it just, it just configures things in my brain differently and in my body. Yeah. I mean, it's all language. I mean, yeah. this goes back to like on the small level of when we we're talking about coaching people, you know, you don't, you got to find the language that works for them, mm -hmm. for them to like untuck their hip or, you know, or to like True. activate their core. Right. And Touché. like, if you just keep saying, activate your core, yeah. activate your core and they don't do it. Yeah. You're like, okay, I need to like pull your belly button in or whatever. You know, you have to find the language that works for yourself too. A thousand percent. And what I'm realizing about myself is like, I am so hard headed sometimes that I can just make a decision and do it, but not learn any, anything about myself along the way. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, I can just decide to do something. I was realizing this in therapy, honestly. She was like, okay, well, I'd like you to practice this. And I'm like, I can do that. Like, I can do anything. And she literally said, you're not in the military. This yeah. is not a command. Like, I need, uh, what we're trying to learn is like the lessons along the way or how it feels, you know, interacting like that. Not just doing the end action. Like, we're trying to learn about what happens in your life and in your mind and all these things. And that's what I want with my new dream of sober life. I want to figure out like what, what is going on inside of me rather than just either I reached my goal or, or I failed my goal. Yeah, I think what I'm hearing is the difference of the goal versus a dream is the goal, you kind of almost lose what you're striving for and it almost just becomes like this competition of either pass or fail. Mm -hmm. And it's not even really focused on like, I'm trying not to drink because of X, Y, and Z. It's more of like, if I drink, I fail. Mm -hmm. If I don't drink, I pass. So Whereas true. dream, it's a little, like, you know, one will either uh, push you towards your dream or a little away, but it's not a fail. It's just sort of, you're still focused on the big picture. So true. But this has always been my nature, right? Like if I didn't get an A, if I got a B plus, I failed. You know what exactly. I mean? Like it's always been, if I didn't make it to a D1 school, I failed. Like mm. there was no in between. And for me, you know, life is about learning about yourself and knowing yourself. And for me right now, a lot of my work is trying not to just be focused on the end goal, but trying to enjoy all of the process and the journey. Because like, as corny as it is, the process and the journey is life. Yeah. And we keep saying, when I focus on the end goal, I don't enjoy, I miss out on living life. Mm -hmm. So that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's almost, it also, not, this doesn't always work, but it's kind of the, it's a, it's a mission versus a competition. Oh, I should write that down. Not that you don't want, like you're not going into like, there's obviously plenty of missions that there's like failure is almost not an option, but mission feels more like, no, we just keep pushing and like we can redirect if we, you know, if this happens, that's nah, cool. We just redirect. It's not just like one, cause like you're saying a goal, 
if you if you say your goal is to not drink for a year and you have one drink, you're, you it's failed. over. You yeah. failed. Mission to not drink for years. Like ah, I had a couple drinks one night at a party, but you know what? I'm. It's better than not having any at all. It's it's a much more positive mindset. Okay, and I'm just keep thinking about the <clears throat> last time we were kind of you know arguing about the road to 400. Mm. Mission works so much better there mm-hmm. because that's that is the reality. Like I don't have an end goal. We failed that, and I don't really care. Still in my mind, I'd love to deadlift 400, yeah. but like that might be in five years, and that's not like. So it was a mission to reach 400. Mission. Yeah. What I'm realizing, I think this is helpful. Um, I'm realizing you're a lot like my son. who needs space and time. We are never going to figure it out in the moment because emotions are high, you know, and you just need to just, we call it a reset. Let's take a reset. Let's take a few minutes. For us, it's a week. So here we are. I feel like we're, you know, we're patching things up. Which is yeah. Nice. I just well. I I've always said that these are like therapy, and I I I know I am a volatile human, mm-hmm. and so I like react. I'd like to talk to your therapist. I think <laughs> I need to start going to therapy with your therapist. <clears throat> oh my gosh, <clears throat> Heidi would love you, and then you can get the inside scoop yeah. on how to better deal with me. No, that would be conflict of or oh, true. Uh, what do you call it? I don't know. <clears throat> Breaking. What do you call that? HIPAA. Hip, yeah, there we go. <laughs> HIPAA, throw HIPAA at it. Yeah. yeah, well, anyways, I'm coming back around to realize, I think the problem is I didn't understand the difference in the moment. And I think I always feel something, like I, I feel things first, and then I have a hard time explaining what I'm feeling. And so I feel those very intensely, and then it took me a week to be like, this is, now I can explain my feelings. You know, I'm kind of like junior level being able to explain, be in touch with my emotions and have words for that. But, you know, we're working on that. Yeah. Oh, there's a movie, um, a kid's movie, actually. What's it called? <laughs> no, it's so good. It, like, on the, on the uh, uh, I got to look it up really quick. Kid's movie, parts emotions oh That's it's what we're like a therapy Google. movie yeah 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 uh uh inside out have you seen that you should no. watch it with your nieces okay um it's a, it's actually very topical for today because it's it's basically this like animation on parts therapy You've, we've talked about parts mm-hmm. therapy and there's like a, um you know it's it's kind of like these little characters one represents like anger one is like joy one is fear and the other, I forget what the other one is. And they each have their little roles and it's this whole story. It's a really good story, but you kind of, it's like one of the, I think it's a Pixar. So you're watching it and like, you know, the little kids are like, oh, that's fun. And uh, he's funny. And you're like, damn, this shit's deep. Yeah. You know, like you're yeah. like, oh, you don't even know what they're getting at right now. Oh my gosh. But speaking of parts therapy, I'm sorry, we're bird walking <clears throat> right now. Not really. Cause we're, this is a therapy episode. True, we're true, true. Th- talk speaking about of parts therapy. So another goal dream mm. of mine. Wow, that was big. I know. I know. I'm take a moment. I know. Take a moment. Okay. Marker. Whatever we want to call it. Um, so I have a really interesting relationship with food because I don't eat really well. Like I don't cook at home. I don't spend any time really honoring the fact that I ask a lot out of my body and I should probably fuel her correctly. Right? Like I, I know things and I just don't do them. I also eat out a ton. Um, and so my therapist, we were having a conversation and she was like, what? There's a piece of that where you have to acknowledge that in some sense you are really trashing your body. Like what part of you are you just dismissing? Like where is this coming from that at some point in time you're not honoring? You honor the fact that you have an injury and it's going to tell you something. But like you never honor the fact that you have a stomach ache every single time you eat. 
You don't spend any extra energy giving your body fuel. Like, where is this coming from? And that's a bigger story. But one little tip she gave me was I remember very distinctly this age of feeling like all of a sudden I didn't want to be a burden. And so, and I didn't, I wanted to like make everything okay. And so I would eat all of my siblings food and stuff. Wait, how is that not being a burden? Because you're like cleanup crew or something? Yeah, it was like, you can't leave the table until you eat. And then I didn't want, you know, so-and-so to get in trouble. So I was like, oh, oh I'll eat. I'll you know, it was just up. like this, like, I, I was like that, like, perfectionist little kid. Like, I'll fix everything. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, she, we got to the point where she was saying, next time you go eat, have a conversation of whether or not that's really helping 12-year-old Kaisa. Like, mm. 12-year-old Kaisa is sitting there right now, still inside 36-year-old you. And when you're stuffing yourself and you have a stomachache and you're still eating and then dessert comes and you literally have a stomachache and you're still eating, Mm. is that really helping? And it was wild. I went to dinner like two days later and I was sitting there. I never don't eat all my food, all the appetizers, all Mm. my food and dessert. And I never walk away without a stomachache. And I sat there and I was like, I'm not going to trash 12-year-old Kaisa. Like, I'm going to respect where she's at right now. Like, I'm going to take care of her. Mm. And I ate, I only ate half a meal because I had eaten so many appetizers. Didn't eat dessert. And it felt so fucking good. And yeah. I was like, wow. But my goal wasn't only eat half your food. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, my, yeah. My, my, my goal, let's just keep, I'm going to keep using that, <sighs> wow. was to figure out in that moment why I was doing what I was doing and to learn that lesson. And I was like, holy shit, that yeah. was powerful. Like, so now I know it's corny team, but I'm literally like, okay, what does 12 year old Kaisa need right now? Like, does she really need all that? No, that's stomach ache central. Like, yeah. You don't fucking need that shit. Don't yeah, do that to her. Totally. And I think like, <clears throat> at least in parts therapy, that would be considered uh, like blending, like 12 year old Kaisa is actually kind of like in control when you're eating. And then big Kaisa is allowed to go, hey, 12-year-old Kaisa, like, I got this. Like, I actually kind of know what we actually need, and it's not up to you. Like, you don't need, you can take a break. And that's kind of like a big part of parts therapy is acknowledging that 12-year-old or 8-year-old or 20-year-old part and saying, hey, like, thank you for all the hard work. Like, you've done a good job not being a burden. You've done a good job helping all these people out, making sure we're fed. Big Kaisa's got it, though. Can you take a, can you take, take, take a little break? And then when you can do that, then that's when you're like, oh, cool. Like, I got this. I mean, that's typically, that's like a big part of parts therapy. And that it's called blending, I think, is what they use in that term. It's like when that part is is behind the wheel. Oh, it's, I mean... That's such a good breakdown of mm-hmm. it because I like what she's trying to help me realize is when you're coming from those places, those really sensitive places or those places of like you were a child trying to, you know, you were taking care of yourself. You were doing what what you thought was best in that moment. But you've learned now that that's actually not best. That exactly. was a coping mechanism. And you don't have to keep doing that. But you do have to take care of the little child that thinks you still need to do mm-hmm. that, you know, because then you're not helping her grow along. At some point in time, I'm going to sit down. And it's all blended and we're 36-year-old Kaisa having a meal, you know, learning all those lessons and knowing where I'm at and honoring my body and, you know, not eating things that give me a stomachache and stopping when I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the point. So yeah, I don't know why I got on that bird. Parts therapy, I think, got me to that little bird walk. Totally. Cool. Okay, Should a bird walk into a buzz and then get okay. dive back in? <laughs> dive back. So I don't okay. have the... I We lost the sound bite today for our little buzz intro. So how about you? I'll do a beatbox and then you okay. can do like the what's okay. buzzing. Okay. What's buzzing? <laughs> that was so bad. 
<laughs> you got to improvise sometimes. We miss River. <laughs> We're on a mission to always keep consistent, but sometimes, you know, we stray from the path, but it doesn't mean we failed. Okay. Oh you are so good. Um, you go first. What's buzzing? Okay. To this week, folks, I'm buzzing on not a product, but a place. The place surrounded by water, free thinking, wilderness, <laughs> historical history. <laughs> Green Lake? <laughs> Astoria, Oregon. Oh, did you go there? Yeah, I went to Astoria this last weekend. Wait, you just go every weekend? I have no idea where Every you weekend, are. we got shit, always. Every yeah. weekend you are gone. It's wild. It's fun. It is a bit much because you're just packing it in. It's like Friday to Sunday. It's about four hour drive. It's just not I, too bad. I'm like weird. I'm weirded out that I didn't know you were gone. I also don't really post too much to social anymore. Like I'm just kind of like trying to be in the moment a little bit more and not get so caught up and be like, here's what we're doing. Well, we text. You could be like, I'm in Astoria. I know. It just it wasn't, you know. I will say, actually, this is kind of funny. So <laughs> I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But oh, God. so we roll up. This is our friend and um we're all like uh, Brian and Mary, their family, and then us, our family, and Sarah's family. We all got together, and Sarah lives in Astoria. And we've been talking about like getting all our families together because we always do. We actually do therapy stuff together, and we're like, let's actually get like the families together and do a weekend and hang and blah blah. blah. We've never done it, right? And so we finally planned it, and it happened. And uh, we roll up, and I'm walking up to the house. And I just, like something's wrong, like something I can feel something is off because I hear something and it doesn't match what I'm expecting as I walk in. And you know what it is? <laughs> it's your voice. Shut <laughs> and it freaked me the fuck out. So I was like, why is Kaisa here? This is true. I've done I'm three trying to po- fucking get away from her. I've done three <laughs> podcasts this week with guys. I don't know if I can handle another big conversation, but they were playing our podcast episode on their speakers and they have this like wild, like high fidelity, like speaker system. So it was like very clear and it literally, it wasn't even, I didn't even know what it was, but I just knew it was not a voice that I was expecting. And I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And I was like, wait, oh, that's Kaisa's. What? What the f- is Kaisa here? And then I walk in, I was like, oh my God, they're playing the podcast. How I hilarious. can't believe that your initial reaction was like, fuck this shit. Kaisa's here. I'm out. <laughs> no, it just caught me by such surprise, but it was a really weird sensation. Anyways, they were like, oh, we, we were catching up to see what was buzzing and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So anyways, but That's Astoria, I love Astoria. Priya is so on board with Astoria. She loves it. It's just like, a, it's there's surfing all along the Oregon coast, like starting at like maybe a half hour away, which is fucking great. Then you, it's small town, which I love, but it's like small, compact town. Have you been to Port Townsend, by the way? Yes, I think that's where my dad lives. He lives by Port Townsend, oh. yeah, Chimicum. But oh. <laughs> I, I got you. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Port Townsend. Like it's small. It might even be a little bit bigger than Port Townsend, but like there were so many like bars and restaurants you know, packed in. So it wasn't like you have three, you know, small town, three places to eat. It's like small town, 18 places to eat. And all of them looked really good. Like the little outdoor lights and, you know, like it just felt foodie. 
And then you're on water, like it's where the Columbia River starts going into the ocean. So it's kind of a cool little deal. And then there's like pride flags everywhere. So I was like, oh, cool. It's a little bit more progressive of a small town. A lot of times small towns, you know, it's not the most progressive. So it feels like it has a little bit of that. I think there's still definitely some conservatism there, but whatever, you know, as long as there's a balance. Anyways, went to like the farmer's market. There's a bunch of cool thrift shops. Did you guys overpriced, but oh, that's where you were thrifting. I saw that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you stay in an Airbnb? No, we stayed with Sarah. Yeah, she has like a big house, and so we all had you know, it was like a big. We did like art, made stamps, like how fun. Yeah, no, it was super fun. Yeah, it was great. But I loved it. I was just like, wow, I could definitely see moving to Astoria someday. Just small town, like kind of like it's where the Goonies was filmed. That's where the Goonies house is. You don't know the Goonies. No. I mean, I'm not a, like a diehard Goonies fan, but like people literally, like there was a classic in the in the 80s. A TV show? No, a movie. Oh. I can, you not even heard of the Goonies? I probably have. You know, I don't remember what I did. But right now when so. I say like Goonies, you're not like, oh yeah, I've heard that that's a movie that a lot of people are like insanely like all about. No. Nothing. Not really. Okay. I didn't have a TV. I didn't know. I like my yeah, my yeah, TV yeah. starts yeah. in college. No, and that would have been it's <laughs> or like, no high school. You would have been young. Yeah. So, anyways, wow. yeah, I'm buzzing on a story. You are it was buzzing. cool. We had we, it was just so we did a little brew, had a little food, we walked around, did thrifting. Like it was so cute on Saturday night. There was all it was clearly like homecoming. So there's all these like high school students in their dresses oh. taking photos downtown and stuff. It was cute. It was deer just in the yards. <laughs> I wake up, I'm making coffee. I look out the window, just a deer eating a watermelon. Re- yeah. Eating a watermelon? Yeah, people throw, I guess, fruit, f- you know, watermelons out. Come, okay, come on over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to note that because I'm always looking for places yeah. that's in driving distance. Uh, let me think if you would like it. I think you'd like it. I could tell you what to do, like in the sense of like make a fun trip, because you can see some beautiful ocean too. Mm-hmm. Like Cannon Beach has this huge rock, and like it's a very. Oh, I've been to Cannon Beach. Yeah, before, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's very close, and you can kind of do, you know, you do you like cheese? Uh-huh. Yeah, the Tillamook Factory's down there. You can go get your fucking block of cheese on. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So I love stuff. that. Astoria. Well, speaking Shout of out. driving, I have a buzz that has to do with driving. <laughs> okay, don't, I didn't know this, but Les Schwab is what I'm buzzing on right now. Yeah, Uncle Les. Yeah, uh, Les or Lesh? <laughs> no, I think it's Les Schwab. Oh, I thought it was Les Schwab. <laughs> I think it's short for Lester. I think he died. Uh, not too long ago. Yeah. So RIP. Good guy. Good, okay. you know, good business. Is that only in Washington? Maybe this is only in Washington. So this it's, is not helpful to people. It's definitely, re- it's, uh, yeah, maybe. It might be in like Idaho and Oregon. I don't okay. know. It might just be Washington. Okay. Les Schwab. The reason I'm going to make this. It's a hard real, to spell. Yeah. I'm going to make this a real quick buzz, but I got a flat tire and then so I drive a Jag and I call Jag to say like, I, you know, I need, need help, help, me. help me. <laughs> so they like order the tire, never call me. They still haven't called me back to help me out. Yeah, that's lame. My dad, who's staying with me right now, he was like, you should go to Les Schwab. Les Schwab. They fixed it in like 30 minutes and it was free. Yeah. I literally looked at the guy. I said, my dad's taught me nothing's free in life. So what, what's, what's the trick here? And he was like, no, just like if you ever need your brakes repaired, come back and see us. Yeah, they're all Amazing. about that like word of mouth. Did you, do you have a spare tire? You have to have a spare tire. Mm-hmm. You should learn how to change it. No, I don't want to drive around with a spare tire. No, I know. But okay, let's do a scenario here. You're out, you're driving down to Cannon Beach. Yeah. Astoria maybe. Yeah. 
and you take the 101 because Mike recommends it and it's kind of scenic. But, you know, there might be some spotty service out there. Do you, you get a flat tire, you pull over, do you just like wait and flag people down or do you go, I'm a boss bitch, let me change this fucking tire real quick and then hit up a tire shop in a store and get this fixed because I know how to get shit done. <laughs> you just sold that story so good. Or do you go, ah. I am a boss bitch, yeah. so I stand on the side of the road and I wave someone down. I say, you, Can you force please them help to pull me? over. <laughs> please help me right now yeah. because. You stop their car <laughs> with your superhuman strength <laughs> and pull them over to the side of the road. I don't know how to change a tire. Yeah. I'm it's be not hard, but it's really? something that isn't taught, especially like sat, you know, stupid gender roles or whatever. But like, yeah, like Priya doesn't know how to change a tire either. And she's like, you know, I should learn how to change a okay, tire. Okay, Priya and I are going to come over. Yeah, do a class. Do we'll do a little tutorial. You, no, yeah, you were going to yeah. do the class. Okay, I'll wear perfect. some coveralls, you know, we'll get a little grease on your guys' like <laughs> face. Okay, no, I'm actually serious. I would totally yeah. want to learn that. It's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Gotta know. But Les Schwab. You know what they used to do? Les Schwab. Yeah. You corrected me. You gotta say it. No, I think you say it. I think if you're if you're from around here, you can say Les Schwab. Oh, Les Schwab. But just know that it's spelt L E S and then I think it's S A S C H W A B or it's kind of yeah. But they used to they don't do this anymore, but they used to their one of their things was when you pull up, they come running out to greet you. Did they do that? No. no, they don't do that anymore. I don't know. I think maybe when Les died, they were like, no, we're not going to do the run. The run's out of control. No one does that. So you have to go in to talk to them. But I'm not kidding you. When I was growing, like when I was a teenager, I used to go to Les Schwab and I'd get my tires changed and stuff. And they, I'm not kidding. You would roll in and someone would jog. They would do a jog. This would be in the commercials. It would be like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, what's the commercials is not what happens in real life no, but it did i'm oh. promising you yeah like it was a real thing and i don't know at what point they stopped doing that you know probably staff shortage and you know covid probably COVID. another thing they're okay. like, like you come to me you're telling this epic story and all i can think about is somebody thinking that they're coming on this podcast to listen to us talk about therapy and they just keep fast forwarding through you know like how on, on spotify it has like 15 yeah, 15 seconds forward okay. and then they keep doing that and we're still talking you know what's good about that though i don't know if they still do this but with youtube that used to be one of the biggest <laughs> signs of engagement is like fast forwarding and rewinding <laughs> Because you're like, you're literally, it's you're not just playing. Trying to get yeah, yeah, yeah. Past yeah. So they would like rank your video higher if people like scanned it. So, team, if you keep are scanning. <laughs> I was thinking, this is a word just because you just said that. Last night I was learning how to do something on the motorcycle. And oh, I was watching. A, I was wondering if this was going to come and up. And I was watching a YouTube video. And I, I wonder, so I don't know if it's the app or what's going on, but every time because I was doing this step-by-step thing. It was like a 10-minute video. So I would play it for a minute, learn it, pause it, go do my thing, right? Go back. The video wouldn't work. So I had to close the app, reopen it, play it. Every time I did that, I had to go through two ads. And I'm like, is this some genius way that this person is getting, like, can you imagine every, if you had a popular video and every time like it closed or something, you know, it had to do ads. I mean, maybe this is just like a small use, but like, I was like, wait, is this like a ad hack? This guy's getting lots of. People don't make that much money off of ads anymore. Anymore. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. The nice thing is we started, we warmed up with a little therapy. Then we. We took a step back and then, you know. It's funny because you like, this is where, you know, Mike and I are opposite. <laughs> Disagree. Let's just be peri- like period. 
uh, you like what's buzzing and I don't like it. So when I re-listen, so I listen back to our podcast, not because, well, I, I learn a lot when I listen back to our podcast, but it's important because I like the clips and this isn't that. I, but I go right through our buzzing. I think it's so boring. I hate our what's buzzing. Yeah, so nice. I'm, I know. <laughs> I'm glad just, I put some time into it. No, that. I know. No. I am not the norm, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. We haven't, like, do we really think an audience would tell us if they hated what we were talking about? I don't know. They probably just stopped listening. But I'm not the norm, so I'm not... I'm not stopping us from doing this. I'm yeah. trying to be open to our what's buzzing leads to long conversations. And I'm, I'm working on being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I mean, if there's anything, like there's been a lot of people who like went and said, oh my God, Vivos or Zara jeans yeah. or these Beats headphones or yeah. Astoria or, you know, whatever. Les Schwab, I got my tire changed today. Yeah. People, it's affecting people, you know, we're making lives better because we're influencing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is like, I think it ultimately, sorry, everything is leading back to therapy today. Ultimately, I just don't think I'm a very interesting person. You need so, to just find that within yourself yeah. is the problem. So it's like a life, it's like a journey that I need to have that, that is like a You're on it. But what's interesting is you just said, sorry, everything is going back to therapy when the episode is going to be titled therapy. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I'm not even meaning to do that. Sorry, it's just no, I'm not saying I'm not sorry. Yeah. It's just flowing back to just therapy flowing today. Back, flowing in therapy so, is. I mean, if I could do a full topic on what's or a full episode on what's buzz, and it would be therapy though. Like therapy is key in my life right well, now. Well, then let's dive in because that's what this episode is going to be about. So okay. let's talk therapy. Where do we even begin? Where did it begin? Where did your when did your oh. therapy journey start? My actually, God, that's a great question. So I have had three therapist over the course of my life so far I'll probably have more in therapy started it started because I was in an awful relationship and for the one millionth time we broke up and I was like I cannot go back into this relationship but I don't trust myself there's definitely something going on in 24 year old Kaisa that is not strong enough to not go back I need help and so I found a therapist um and yeah, that was that was my first initial. Segue. I thought you went, you had therapy when you were in high school. No, no, oh, I should have had therapy. It was just like soccer and fitness was your therapy. Okay, I created my Got own it. movement. So you didn't was actually therapy. see a therapist? No. God. Were you guys? You were you not? Uh, did your family not like go to the doctor and stuff? I forget. Yeah, no. Which, but you guys weren't like Christian Scientists, were you? <laughs> my mom. No, my mom is her own version of spiritual wellness yeah, yeah, combination yeah. of things. Definitely not Christian scientists. Um, no, we, she just really believed in alternative medicine. Mm. So we maybe went to the doc, not even one time a year. I don't even yeah. know. Serious you know? stuff. Maybe, yeah. But not like yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, let's go to the doctor. No, we went to a yeah. naturopath. We went mm. to chiropractors. We went to acupuncture. You know, we, yeah, we didn't go see a mm-hmm. Western medicine doctor. So I guess then fast forward to the 24 year old Kaiza in therapy. How did that, how did you even like start that process? Like, did you just Google therapy? Did you get a recommendation? Like, I think I'm almost positive. My good friend at the time was seeing this woman Mm. and I didn't really know anything about therapy. I mean, so I'm 24. There was no one in my friend group was seeing a therapist um, except for this one person And I remember I didn't think that like there were a lot of options. So it was just like, I have to go to therapy. I've got to go see this person. And looking back now, I'm like, 
you know, maybe she wasn't the best, but it was a great starting point for me. I, I never got back in a relationship with this man, so that at least worked. But it started opening my eyes to, I have a lot to unpack here. And it, you know, like that's where therapy at that moment, I realized I have, I'm, I'm going through a lot and I can't do it on my own and I need help. And I think for so much of my life, I really didn't seek outside help. It was just me, myself, and I, and I need to figure this out. And that's how I had been for 24 years, going through a lot of shit, Mm. like a lot of shit that really I could have used a lot of help and guidance. Um, And so that was the start of that. And it's never ending from there. I'm always like, I'm going through hard shit or I'm not. It's just life. And I want coaching. I want help. I want guidance. Yeah. And I haven't seen a therapist consistently, but I go in and out depending on certain seasons of my life um, of when, when I really want to dive into something. And so how, how long were you guys together? You who and I, you, um, we were together for four years, four and a half years. So we started dating my sophomore year in college. Yeah. So, and then we dated a few years outside of college. Yeah. And he was like my first serious boyfriend and you know, yeah, I just look back on that time. I'm like, whoa, that was awful. But also, like, it's not just about him. I was a certain human being at that time. Mm-hmm. But we were a toxic combination for each other. It was awful. What like, kind of human awful. being were you at that time? Um, <laughs> probably very similar to who I am now. But I was really insecure So that's not exactly similar to who I am. I'm going to take that back. I was really, really insecure. Um, I didn't know who I was. I was also tasting, like I had my first taste of freedom. I was in college. Um, I didn't know who I was, so I didn't really know what mattered to me. And I think like he filled, he was another athlete. Like we had very similar kind of like from the outside, we were very similar in terms of like what, you know, we were passionate about, but like on the inside, we didn't resonate with anything. And I just didn't have the confidence to, to know at that time, like this isn't working for me. And when you're in somewhat of a toxic relationship and you stay in it, the longer you stay in it, the more toxic it gets. And the more, the easiest way to describe it is like the more buried you are, like Mm. the harder it is to get out. And I remember thinking like we had been dating for probably only like six months at the time. And I remember thinking, cause I can, I can literally remember where I was. And I remember thinking I should probably get out now. Like I, this is, this isn't good. Um, and I should probably get out now. Like, and I remember, was it a thing that happened or was it just over the course? You're like, yo, this is like, I'm getting to that point where I'm realizing this is not good. Yeah. It wasn't one specific thing. I just remember waking up one morning Mm. and you know, like he was in the kitchen or something like that. And I remember just thinking I should, this isn't good. Like this isn't good. I don't feel good about myself. We're not good for each other. Nothing about this is good. Mm. I should get out now. And I remember denying that feeling. And then over the course of the next three and a half years, I remember always looking back to that moment and being so upset that I didn't listen to myself in that time Mm. and, and freaking run for the hills. Yeah. Why, why don't you think you listened to yourself? What was it that kept you? I mean, so many things. Insecurity, I think, Mm. is just huge for me. I 
also like at that time, I'd never really had a serious boyfriend. And I also, I really, I think I learned so much more about myself now, but I grew up feeling like really alone. So I think for in that moment with him, even though I was so alone, I wasn't physically alone. And I think that meant a lot to me back then. Like, I think I just felt some type of comfort in knowing that he was, that he was, you know, that we were together. But honestly, you learn, you know, as you get older, that it's more lonely to, to be with someone and to really be alone in that than just to be alone by yourself, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I would say that was, that was the biggest thing. I also think there's a piece of me that thought I could like fix him. Mm. And I think that is so, naive unhealthy and then like who the fuck do i think i am but also very natural i mean i think that's like that's just a human thing i think to be like oh like this is bad or like this is not working but like i can fix it and i think it's also like i don't think it's all negative i think a lot of times it's like you have that drive to want to make something better and you believe in something yeah you know but the thing for me is to realize, well, one, you can't fix anyone. But I think the older I get, what I realize is because I thought so little of myself, the only thing I thought was I'm a good caretaker. Like mm. I knew that. I had, I had known that growing up. I was like, I'm a, I'm a good caretaker. That's a quality. People keep me around for that quality. And I think, you know, young 20-year-old Kaisa realized, okay, I can, you know, w- he'll keep me around if I, if I take care of. But the thing is, is that <laughs> that's like so unhealthy. That doesn't lead to anything positive. And it probably, yeah. And the, <clears throat> you know, the downside is it probably feels good to be needed or wanted, but then like for something that's like not healthy for you. Yeah, totally. Which and that's toxic. Totally yeah. toxic. And it, you know, it spiraled into he was really insecure too, but the outside world saw him as something different. He was a star athlete. He was all these things. And so like there, we both were just, we had a lot of demons, just a lot of shit that we were dealing with and that we, you know, we kind of just put on each other. So Mm. it became a very emotionally abusive relationship. It just was not healthy at all. But again, the longer that you are in something, the harder it is to pull out of it because what happens in those dynamics is that you start to isolate yourself So I knew that what the, you know, the relationship that we were in wasn't healthy. And I knew that if I was to talk about it or, you know, kind of like bring him around more often or be in group settings more often around my family, that people would recognize that. And if they recognize that, they would call me out. And if they Mm -hmm. called me out, I knew I wasn't strong enough to get out of it. And it was just this whole twisted cycle. Like it was just so awful. But, and so what happens is, you it's just at some point in time you look around it's just you and him yeah you're kind of hiding you're hiding because you don't you 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 don't want to like kind of face the music if i keep it here i mean it's kind of like addiction in a lot of ways is when you're describing it was it It was totally an addiction because anytime that we broke up i had a physical like it was like a physical withdrawal Mm -hmm. like it and i was not strong enough to handle that and i remember so many times looking back and thinking like i remember this is how you know that you're in a, in a bad place. I remember thinking our future is me getting, you know, us getting married and I'm going to walk down the aisle at our wedding. This is so sad. Okay. This is going to be an emotional. And I remember thinking I'm going to be crying because I'm going to be so upset that I wasn't strong enough to like get out of it. And everyone's going to think I'm crying like tears of joy and I'm going to be crying because I'm so upset that I let myself down. I'm so upset 
that I wasn't strong enough to get out of it. I'm so upset that I didn't listen when I knew it was so fucking bad. And I just remember thinking, this is, <laughs> this is awful, Kaisa. Like, this is awful. You cannot live this life. And one of the other things that was really hard at the time was I was just becoming a trainer and I was starting to get excited about working with humans. And so I was in a gym working and he, I'm going to say like, he wouldn't let me, he didn't want me to work with men. Mm. And I kept thinking, this is like, I love this thing. This is like one thing that I'm like really excited about. Like I'm feeling you know, confident and I'm starting to feel alive about something. And it was just like, you can't be a trainer. You can't be a trainer unless you're going to just train women. Cause I don't want you around men. Like I don't, I don't want you to have anything to do with that. That can't happen. And I, I, I was stuck. So I was listening to him at that time. And I remember, you know, there's a handful of things that started to add up to being like, I can't do this, but yeah, just not a good time in my life. Not yeah. a good time at all. That sounds really suffocating. Suffocating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. But also it's like the miracle of training, <laughs> like the miracle of finding something that I was so passionate about that like puts other things into perspective because so much of my life up until that moment had so much of my life was dark, you mm -hmm. know? So it wasn't like being with him was still super, super dark, but the rest of my life was dark. So it didn't even really matter. And that's why with like little outlets of light, which was movement and soccer, you know, track and then training, it was, I started to be able to have a comparison. Like I started to be able to be like, when I go back and I'm with him or facing a lot of other things in my life, it is awful because I know what finding some joy feels like. And so that's what slowly started to help that process as well. Hmm. The escape process. Yeah. That's great. Like two things just popped in my mind. One is like, I love the quote, comparison is the thief to joy. But what you're saying right now, I've never heard of that compare. Like, as you're describing, it's like comparison was access to like evolution mm. for you. Like you comparing your, your like positive to this negative allowed you to actually move on, which is like really powerful. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, were you able to ever give yourself a minute? I mean, you just got really emotional about like thinking of this like insanely dark scenario yeah. of like getting married and all this stuff. Like, were you ever able to give yourself a moment and a pause to like recognize that you didn't get that far, that like you got out and you like, you, that is like insane success in that regard. And like, yeah. Um, no, now that you say it like that, I don't think, no. I mean, I look back quite often and think that I am so grateful that things did not go that route. Mm -hmm. I do, you know, <clears throat> think about my times with him as if they were yesterday, you yeah. know? And I now remember the final, you know, we had broke, we broke up over the course of four plus years. We broke up a million times. The, f the final breakup was literally a physical withdrawal. And I knew at that time that if I did not tell anyone, I couldn't get through it alone. Like I was very clear, I need help ending this there, you know, he had cheated on me for the 1 millionth time. And I was like, if I don't tell anybody what happened here and start to basically put my story out, no one's going to hold me accountable and I can't hold myself accountable. Mm. So I ended up telling my mom and I, I still to this day cannot figure out how him and I were living together. And <clears throat> somehow I decide, this is how wild this story is. I'm just going to tell this story. He was playing for a local sports team, a professional team here. Um, and I, I was living with him 
And for some reason, I decided to move home. So he went off to camp. I dropped him off at camp. I, you know, we, I moved home. I, I moved in with this my was mom. This after breakup or before breakup? Before breakup. Got it. Okay. This is the, the day before. This is the day mm. of, of breakup. I move home. <clears throat> my mom's like, you want to go run some errands? We go to Nordstrom. I still distinctly remember I was holding on to something in, you know, the Nordstrom spot, whatever. And my friend called me and said, hey, where are you? Um, and I'm like, I'm kicking it with my mom. And she's like, I gotta, I have to like tell you something. I am hanging out with someone that is dating so-and-so that mm. plays for so-and-so. And my heart, I literally was like, I could have, you know, fucking thrown up. Like your heart is just like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's a really good friend still to this day. And she was like, I just don't think there, there's not two of that name on that team. Yeah, Like that's just not, and I was like, Fuck. And I knew in that moment, my mom was with me right there. And I was like, I can't normal Kaisa, which I had done this 1 million times before, ignored it, let it go, went on my merry old way with, you know, whoever I was with and dealt with it later. And by dealt with it, meaning I just listened to his excuses and we were back together. And I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm not fucking doing this shit. And so I told my mom and I started just telling her the entire story of everything. And over the course of probably at least it was like two weeks of me not getting out of bed. I was, I was physically going through withdrawal, but I was like, I cannot do this alone. Someone has to help me. And, you know, still to this day, my mom was like, how the fuck was all this going on? And, and no one, I didn't know. And I'm like, no one knew how, because I wouldn't be able to have been in that situation if anyone had known, but I wasn't strong enough to not be in that situation. So yeah. like, I was like, that was my coping mechanism. And maybe you didn't want to be a burden kind of going back to what you were saying, kind of growing up. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's probably so much in all of that. And also like, I still was a perfectionist. Like mm. I was very, like I had the outside world see me as someone that the inside me was not, you know, like I set up a whole persona of who I was and you know like how life was and it was the exact opposite inside um and so anyways that was that was the beginning of the end of him and I and and just like how toxic it was that I like physically I was like physically ill Mm -hmm. for weeks and never would have gotten out of that we we would have been married probably with children at this point in time yeah had that not happened in that moment well shout out to you for getting out of that Shout out to 24-year-old, yeah. 24, 25-year-old Kaisa. Take a pause for yeah. 24-year-old Thank Kaisa. You. Yeah. Because yeah. I think your life is probably a lot better. <laughs> it is. And honestly, like, you know, I feel like so many people listen to the stories and are like, don't you fucking hate him? And I'm like, I still have love for him. I just like, we, you know, we went through a lot. We were both not good for each other. And I learned so much. And I think like it's it's safe for me now, 10 plus years later, to say I have love for him. I did not have love for him for a long sure. time. But to just be like, I often look back at my deepest, darkest times, and I'm so grateful that I made that I got through, but that I had those times because it puts so much of my life now mm. in perspective. Yeah. And I think that's where I look back and I can say, after many years of therapy, you know, I I'm grateful I made it through those times. I wouldn't wish those times on anyone, but because I did have those times, I learned some intense lessons. Yeah. It's always such a challenge because you like as being a parent now, you know, like I want to avoid all suffering for my son. 
yeah. as much as I can. Like, I, like imagining him heartbroken, uh, in danger, any of that, it, it, like, it physically pains me. And you want to do anything in your power to prevent that from happening. But it also shapes who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if, if you're just safe, if you never had a bad relationship, if you never got fired, if you never, you know, got cheated on or left behind or broke or whatever, right? Like, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And so it's, it's such a... I, li- I, like, I like saying sometimes of like, it's the journey, it's not the destination or whatever. And it's great and it can be inspiring. But it's also like, say that to people who are post journey, right? Because when you're in it, when you're in pain, when you're, when you're in poverty, when you're in danger, fear, whatever these things like, it's so like inconsiderate to hear, you know, to hear someone say, oh, but hey, look, in a few years, you're going to be, you're going to grow from this and you're going to learn a lot. And it's like, fuck And you. some people don't fucking make it out. Exactly. That's why I'm like, for that kind of stuff, absolutely not. That's why I want to be very clear. I'm not grateful that I had those moments. I'm grateful that I made it out of those totally. moments. Yeah. Like you, 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 because you learned mm-hmm. something and it helped shape what you do now, how yeah. to avoid maybe a bigger problem like that, you know? Yeah. So it's like. But speaking of all of that, I also haven't learned. Like, so I, <laughs> then I just got in super, you know, different relationships that were not healthy. But that's why I went back to therapy again, because I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I keep attracting the same type of human being? You know, anything from, from that boyfriend at the time was better but I wasn't going to the other extreme of healthy. I was going to like one foot, you know, one step better than, you know, my dynamic with him. And it was like constantly leading to this, uh, what is wrong with me that I cannot find healthy romantic relationships? Mm -hmm. I can always, I, I feel like I do a really good job with healthy friendship relationships. But so, you know, that led me back into another round of therapy and, you know. Was this a different therapist? Mm-hmm. So that first, th- how long was that first therapy stint with that one therapist? That first therapy stint was probably at least a year. And oh, wow. I remember her graduating me. So see, the thing is at the time, I sat down on her couch and had my first initial therapy session. And after I told her why I was there, we actually never talked about him again. And I look back now and mm. I think like, I don't know... If she wasn't the best therapist, I don't know if she knew where I was at that time and knew that I couldn't dive into it. I don't know why we didn't touch on that subject. Mm. It always bothered me, but we we talked about things. You never brought it up. Hmm? You never brought it up that it bothered you? or you... No, maybe. I can't yeah. remember. I you honestly remember. can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really what we dove into was all of these other things about how I grew up and family sure. dynamics and everything else that would like almost in sense, some sense lead to me dating him. Um, so anyways, that was really interesting. And then she graduated me because I think therapists get to a certain point in time where they're like, you've done enough work for now. Yeah. We don't like we kind of can't keep going. Or maybe maybe she re- recognized that I hit a wall and that's mm. just kind of as deep as I was willing to go. Hmm. So years later, then after, you know, I tried to dip my toes back in the dating pond and just things were like not not working. I just, you know, whatever. No success there. 
um, I was like, what is wrong with me? I've got to fucking figure this out. And so then we dove into things a little bit deeper and, and we acknowledged New a lot. New therapist. New therapist. Gotcha. New therapist, deep diving into that previous relationship, learning a lot about having to acknowledge what that was, having to name a lot of certain things and try to kind of move past that. And then building up trust. I think that was the biggest thing of knowing that I had done a lot of work at this point in time and that I trusted that if I was in a situation that I didn't want to be in with someone or it was leading down a path that I recognized wasn't healthy, that I wouldn't do the same move that 20-year-old Kaisa did, that I wouldn't keep going, that I that I was aware enough and confident enough to kind of exit those situations. So what things in there, do you recall things that like worked for you? Just talking. Just about talking. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so is the thing I always say. Hiding. Not hiding. Yeah, okay. This is the thing I say about therapy. You know, for people that are afraid of therapy, I'm like, I, you know, you definitely have to find a good therapist, but they will only take you to where you want to go. And the power of letting the things that are in the back of your head or the forefront of your head that are ruling your life, the power of letting them go Mm. and, and just literally speaking them and then speaking them to someone that can maybe help you navigate them or ask appropriate questions around them is beyond powerful. And I think one of the biggest things about that previous relationship for me was that I was holding so much of it in that I had never speaking the truth about how bad things were that I was always, you know, just had this like dark secret that I was holding forever. I didn't even tell my closest friends Mm -hmm. things that had gone on. It was just me, myself and I trying to deal with this. And then when him and I weren't together, trying to then manage navigating out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need help, Yeah, you know? And things grow when they're in your mind. You know, yes. they grow and they grow and they grow and they they can have a lot of power on you. And when you let them go and you say, even if the first time you say the thing that you're so scared of saying, and it might be, I mean, like literally, like you might throw up, you might like, you might give you like a body reaction. Yes. But as you do it more, I mean, this is like the power say of like AA and like a lot of that, that program and, and a lot of recovering addicts. It's like, it's just about retelling your story a million times because the more you retell the story, the less control it has on you and you don't have to hide from it because typically what you're hiding from, you try to cover up with whether it's drugs or sex or what, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is. So the more you're just open about sharing your story and you normalize the thing. Yeah. I was in an abusive relationship. Yeah. What do you got going on? You know, it it becomes this thing that doesn't have such this immense. It doesn't define you. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I really recognize about myself dealing with my past and depression and then dealing with him and really dark times it all of those moments pull you away from yourself and i think that's where i just started to lose like who am i like who am i in this world what am i doing i don't feel connected to myself i don't feel like i even know who i am i don't even understand how i operate like i just don't know myself and when you don't know yourself and you're floating in that world you just attach to a lot of things that are not healthy for you mm-hmm. and i think that's where i had the awareness to know that I was doing a lot of that stuff. And then I had the one fucking thing that was grounding me, which was movement and like my career in movement. And still to this day, I'm like, this is why when I say movement saved my life and, and how it saves my life over and over again, this is that thing because it constantly gives me that one grounding thing. And, and I would hope that everyone has, you know, at least one grounding thing or one grounding person that they can go to. And I feel like if I hadn't had that, I don't know where the fuck I would be. I yeah. have no idea. It wouldn't be anywhere healthy. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I feel like if you don't have something 
with high stakes on the line, it, this is at least my observation. I'm not saying this is how oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. But when you, like, you are a high stakes player. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> Just like, it has to be, like, you went through this, like, terrible relationship and, like, the stakes were high for you to, like, come out, crawl out and, like, put all your energy into, like, mm. business and, like, grinding it out. You know, you had to prove everyone wrong. You had to prove <clears throat> yourself right. Like, all these things. And it's like, if that, I th- I'm similar, not quite as much, but like I have to have something that I can just dive deep into and absorb and learn and grind and try. And like, if that's not there, I start feeling just sort of like, well, what's the point? And I feel like you're similar. It's like, you have to find that balance of where it can be toxic in a way yeah. if you're too submerged in a thing and not giving yourself that balance not letting yourself be bored or like get a little calm because I think we've talked about that it's like that calm can kind of be scary it's like well what are we doing though why are we just sitting here why is nothing going on let's throw some music on yeah. let's let's do something you yeah. know but what happens when all that kind of goes away and it's and it's not I'm not saying that everyone you need to reach that because I don't think that's the case and I'm learning that about myself it's like I I need a little I need something to, yeah. to get into. But I also know that there's a, there's a tipping point with that. Like I know when it starts getting unhealthy, uh, I need to pull out of that a little bit. Yeah. I'm going a little too much. It's interesting actually. Cause you know, I was, I was talking to my therapist about this, that I, but I am that type of person. And I was asking her like, is that okay? Like, will I always be, am I in therapy to get to the point where I don't like deep dive into a million things or always try to find the answer, or always try to figure out like, why am I ticking? You know, like how, how, how does my brain work? How does my body, how does this all work? And I think she finally got, maybe I wore her down and <laughs> she finally got to the point that was like, no, I really, I think you're actually kind of wired that way. Like, I yeah. think that your version of like a healthy dynamic is probably not on the swing of like, it's like way over here where most people would be obsessively, you know, doing something. But I actually think that's the way that you're wired and the way that like is a healthy version of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it is something I'm aware of though. Like, mm-hmm. I do understand what you're saying here. And like, I am a high stakes person. And then how do you figure out how to do something when it's, why does it have to be high stakes in order to, you know, to do something or get out of something or. But also like, I, I think it's, it's a getting out of the world of right and wrong. You know, it's like, it's not like you're right or wrong in for being a high stakes person. I think you can just at least acknowledge, oh yeah, this isn't like a high stakes thing. Yeah, energy is going to be kind of low on this stuff. Mm. And, and being okay with that. Like just knowing that, oh, there's a high stakes thing. I'm probably going to get real involved. Yeah. Like I'm going to go all out. Yeah. And, I th- and I think it's like, I'm definitely not to a point where I don't even meditate anymore. You know, I, I go on these big breaks, but like with meditation, it's like, I love the example when you hear like an experienced meditator that like tries to give you, um, kind of dissolve all of your resistance with meditation. Oh, I don't have the time to find a quiet place. And like, it's not about changing the way you think. It's just about observing the way you think. So it's not, you're not trying to get rid of the, the, the anxiety to like go check if you're, cars unlocked or if you know someone's posted on Instagram or whatever that like you're not trying to reprogram yourself like the goal is to just go oh I have this urge right now to go check the car I have this urge right now to go you know see if I have to go pee again I have this urge right now to go do this thing and just going like cool that's cool yeah and just but the thing about that that's so but I think is like really important is that because if you can be in that space you don't have an end goal of eventually being someone different and I think this has been a huge exactly, switch exactly. for me is that I don't have an end goal of being a happier Kaiso or being like it's just like I am just curious about learning 
how I tick and how I'm wired and how things work and why I do what I do. And I think that's been the healthiest shift for me, especially in therapy, mm-hmm. is I'm not waiting for this moment that, aha, we, we, I'm here, I've reached it, everything is fixed. I've totally had to switch my mind, especially being someone that's like, that's how I operate, to instead be like, what What am I just learning about myself? Yeah. And I think if you have that mindset, you can say, oh, that's interesting. I'm like obsessively looking there. What, mm-hmm. is that, what does that say about me right now? Or like, I'm curious why I'm doing that or like, you know, dig into it. And just that little separation, that observation can be enough sometimes to like help dissolve it. Like the 12 year old Kaiser who wants to eat. Just, it's not going like, ah, don't do that. I'm trying to change that. It's more of just like, hey, 12 year old Kaiser, you seem a little hungry right now. Like, are you actually hungry? Or are, or are you, you trying just, to be perfect? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> like, I think you're perfect. I think you're yeah. great. Do you want to like? Do you want me to take over? Because it yeah. seems like maybe this might hurt your stomach, and we don't like that. You yeah. know, you have to. It's almost like talking to it's, your child. No, but it's true, and I know like. People can say like, oh, that's fucking weird. It is so powerful. Like it's so, we all have moments in our life when we were kids and when we were growing up that huge things happened and a piece of us is stuck there. Mm -hmm. And I often think about, you know, 12-year-old Kaisa was also, you know, 12-year-old freshman Kaisa that was going through really, really difficult times. And I really think about her fondly now. And I think about being her bigger sister or like her protector and like helping her work through those times and like really knowing or trying to be aware of when I'm doing things in my life now as a 36 year old that are because of coping mechanisms from that age Mm -hmm. that I still have. Um, And I think, you know, one of them, we've been talking about drinking a lot. It's just a theme in my life, but because I'm recognizing how much of a coping mechanism it was, it allowed me to escape my off, what was my off world in mind at the time. And so my therapist is like, of course, that's still one of your main coping mechanisms. You know, we grow up and we become adults, but we still have a handful of the same exact ones that worked really well for us. Mm -hmm. It worked really well for me to be a party girl, Uh, not only for like social, you know, that who, how people saw me, but also how I felt about myself. You know, that escape was like huge for me. I don't need that anymore. And so rather than just saying, I don't want to do this, I can acknowledge and say, I don't need to cope in that way anymore. I'm okay who I am, you know, like we can live life without that. If you want to dabble in that, fine. But like we can live life without that. That is way more powerful to me than just to set a random goal of just deciding not to drink. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, it's scary to know what's on the other side of it. Cause something that has worked for you for a long time that you don't even have to think about like, it's just like you go out, you drink and you have a good time on the surface. And, you know, not saying that not every, like not everybody's in this place, but it sounds like you are where you start going, but am I like, is it working though? And then you're kind of, then you start get curious and then it's like, but what's on the other side? Like, what does it mean? What do I do though? If I go out and I don't drink, like what's that like? So then there's this curiosity, maybe a little fear of like, well, what's on the other side of that? Or totally fear for me. Mm-hmm. Like, am I just like this boring bitch? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, and that's really where we're working on now in therapy is like being okay with who I am yeah. rather than always having to show up and know my value because with anxiety comes the need to control everything. So in every dynamic, I know the value that I'm bringing in. And so sometimes in certain dynamics, my value is fun and party. And if I take that away, are they no longer interested in me? You know what I mean? It's like this wild Mm. switch of not only thought process, but like being willing to like really figure out who I am and really figure out 
not only figure it out, but like be okay with it. Yeah. You know? Totally. It's coming, like, it's instead of changing yourself, it's coming fully into yourself. Thousand percent. And I just feel like I'm in a place now that says the peace that I would have being okay with who I truly am is more valuable than any great night out or any, you know, like wild time or honestly, like any other relationship, like the relationship that I have with myself and feeling really okay with who I am is the only thing that matters right now. Like for me, that is the thing that matters most. And I think it's something I've never had. Mm. And I, that's like my, that's my goal of working towards something. And that's my motivation behind doing certain things. Or it's your mission. My mission. And every once in a while, you might go out and just need to take a break. Because I feel that's been something I've been working on where it's just like, be okay with sort of like disconnecting, like knowing, you know, and and it depends on your habit, I suppose. You know, if it's a hard drug or something, maybe that's not the best thing. And there's other ways, but like knowing how, like, is it terrible for me to stay up, you know, uh, a little later than normal to like obsess over some motorcycle shit? Like, I know it's a phase. It's not the healthiest. I'm not sleeping the best. I'm not blah, 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 blah. It's okay though. Like give myself the moment, you know, I'm not going to stay in this forever, Yeah. you know, and then kind of like give yourself the time. I think yeah. cause it's, that's important too. Thousand percent. And that's why mission rather than goal. That's perfect. Yeah. Language I like there. it. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. And so, well, for, we've talked about parts therapy a lot. I think that's Jay early, by the way, if anyone wants to like look up, I'm going to just Google it really quick. I'm the pro- movie or what? No, 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 oh. no. Uh, uh, no, uh, Inside Out is the movie. Oh. But I think, let me just look cause we've talked about it enough and there's just, there's a good book. Um, Oh, is this the man that developed parts therapy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Dr. J. Early. You can, yeah. So for anyone that's doing, Mike, you've dove into a lot more parts therapy. I've done a little bit of it. But basically it's the the thought process that there are a whole bunch of parts of you that make the whole. Yeah. And then going back and getting in touch with those parts. Healing them or whatever, you know, because some of them sort of stay. And it's like, it's whatever works for you. It's like religion. It's like, I don't, you know, do I physically feel like there's, all these different parts of me it's it I don't know but I think it's a very helpful tool to sort of it feels a little corny and there's like exercises and stuff but I will say like it's by far the most effective like thing I've ever done and I've done quite a bit to where you just step into it and you go who cares no one's listening or watching and even if they were it doesn't matter just like try this thing out yeah and you have these conversations with yourself and there's a lot of like really wild healing, especially with like trauma, you know, going yeah. back and sort of addressing, hey, 10 year old so-and-so, like what's going on? Like, how do you feel? What do you need right now? What didn't you get? Like what what's going on with you and what I'm here to just listen and yeah. that probably that part was never heard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't love it. And I think there's a little piece of like where my therapist now kind of navigates and dips her toes in yeah. it a little bit. And that works for me. But I also think parts therapy for a lot of people that haven't done any therapy is a little bit more advanced because mm-hmm. it requires you to be in touch with yourself to a certain extent. So I think for people that are looking, you know, to just start their therapy journey, my, I'm just going into a tangent of a few advice Mm -hmm. tips. And I think we should riff on that. 
I think that you should know that you have the ability to test some therapists out. Absolutely. I think that's a big thing. I think just because you go to one therapist, like just like one doctor, they're not all the same. And it's important that there's like a, like that you feel comfortable in that situation. I also was just telling a friend this who, who's going to start therapy for the first time you are still in control. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to sit in in the therapist's office and just like vomit everything. You can really just talk about things at a pace that feels okay for you. You don't have to go in and tell your deepest, darkest, you know, secrets or stories or anything. You can develop that like trusted relationship Mm -hmm. before you hand that information over. And a good therapist will navigate you through that appropriately. Like you don't just sit in a therapist's office and go like, I was in an abusive relationship. Now what? You know what I mean? Like I, I never had that. It was always like navigating, you know, navigating me through safely. And then knowing that because the sessions were an hour, we dipped down a little bit and then we dipped back out of it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's important thing too, is like, I was never left in this deep, dark space. I, you know, oftentimes have been left in spaces of like, holy shit, wait, what? But I think for people that are just getting started in therapy, I would say definitely search. And I'm, I'm mad. I don't remember. There's a website that a lot of people use to Mm. find, I've got to figure out what that is. Um, but search around mm-hmm. like you do not have to start with one and stick with them. Yeah. And they all like, I mean, therapists all just like trainers, like there's, they have different Beliefs, methods yeah. and different styles that they studied in that they think is effective. And yeah. it's about finding the one that works for you Yeah, and know that, I mean, at least in my experience, like it is a long game. And yes. I think a lot of people think of therapy as in like, Oh, I'm going to do, you know, four sessions and, and I'm going to be all good. In my experience, it's definitely not the case. Like it is, it's kind of a really long game because things change too. Like, you know, you change and it's just, and it's only an hour a lot of times, you know? So it's like, if you have, (laughs) you know, if you have a lot to unpack, you know, it's not easy to just start just getting through it in an hour session once a week, you know? Thousand percent. I totally agree. It's a long game. I would say that I'm going to have a therapist for the rest of my life. You Mm -hmm. know, it might be different therapists, but I, the value that I have found in having a safe space for me to talk through the things that are in my mind, um, it's just as impactful and powerful as movement for me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I would love one day that that's what therapy is going to be like, just like you go to the gym and work out, you know, you have a space that you go to, to mentally work things out. Yeah. And I think, yeah, what you're saying is like you have, it's not just when you're in your therapist's office that it's therapy. Like what are other things that can help contribute to overall therapy and just overall your mental health? Like, you know, what is good for you and make that time, you know, schedule. And, And I think it's like once a week, you know, isn't always the, like I, I, for me, it's like, I play with the amount of therapy to see. Sometimes I don't know the benefit I'm getting when doing it. I more recognize the benefit I'm getting or that I'm losing when I don't do it. Mm. So I'll take like a month off and go like, what's the, like one of my therapists one was like, I was like, sometimes you know, I get frustrated. I'm like, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm working out. I'm eating healthy. You know, blah, 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 and I'm feeling like shit. It's like, I don't even, this is not even working. It's like, why don't you just for a month try doing none of that and then see how you feel. And I was like, Oh my God, no. <laughs> like, you know, like that was my immediate reaction. I was like, Oh my God, no way. I'm not going to, I would lose my, like, yeah. what would I do? Just that check of like losing it 
really put it into perspective to yeah. me, you know? So yeah. I, there's a lot of like way, you know, it's like, it's checking in with yourself. Totally. Which is hard. That's it's not built so in. hard, especially, you know, in the world that we live in that the goal in life is to check out from who you are exactly. with everything that we have. It's not comfortable. That's the other thing. You're going to sit in a lot of your therapy sessions. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing hard work, just like when you're working out, it's not comfortable all the time. But I think the thing is, is like, that's not what, what I try to have people focus on is like, well, what, how did you feel like the hour after that, you know, or how did you feel a few days later when you're like, you know, that the things that are in your mind that are kind of eating you alive, like, you know, you should be doing something different. How does it feel to then be like, I'm fucking doing that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what feels like, that's, what's like, that is what has continuously kept me coming back because that little switch in my mind about like, I'm fucking doing what I can right now. I'm really doing what I can right now to take care of myself. Yeah. For, and also for me, and this is something I'm still really trying to like embrace, but the more emotional I am, even that hour after days after, like whether it's happy or sad, it's to me, that means it's effective. Mm. Like if it draws out emotion, like, cause a lot of times, honestly, it's frustrating. Like we do marriage, you know, therapy, like when we're in, I think we do like once a month. Now we were doing once a, we were like once a week, then it was once every two weeks. Now we're once a month. And a lot of times I'm like, fuck, we got fucking therapy tomorrow. Things are kind of good. I don't want to stir shit yeah, up. Yeah. And we always stir something up. But it's better to stir, for me, for us, it's better to stir it up in that setting and get it out than to let it fester and grow into something completely different yeah. and, and become toxic. Yeah. And so a lot of times it sucks. Like sometimes it does suck. And yeah. I think that's what I've tried to embrace with therapy. Like most good sessions start with this. This is stupid and probably not worth mentioning, but I guess it's on the top of my mind, so I'll just like say it. And usually that's what I say when something like big gets unpacked and yeah. then it turns into this whole thing where I'm like, oh, fuck, we're, it's an hour. Oh, sh- all right, cool. Well, I guess we'll see you in a month. Yeah. You know. I know, but I just think it's so beautiful that like you and Priya are making a commitment to work through things, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's something that isn't, whether it's to work through things with yourself or to work through things with your partner, like I think like that commitment is what is beautiful. And ultimately at the end of the day, that commitment is like what creates the healthiest dynamic. You yeah. Know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it is not easy, you yeah. know, and it is like, it is not easy. And I think it's still kind of coming to terms that like what a, for me, cause I don't have you know, numerous relationships, but it, like a successful relationship is work and it changes all the time. And there are seasons and it's hard kind of like just being like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, this is the season right now that, that we're in. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean that it's over or it's not what it used to be or whatever. It's like, you have to give it the opportunity to change and evolve to something even greater. And I feel impatient sometimes where yeah. you're just like, ah, I just want to, yeah. it's easier to not talk about all this stuff and just sort of like go day to day and act like it's all good. But yeah. really it's not. Yeah. And honestly, like I think therapy also uncovers some things that you have been like looking over, like for me, this past therapist, I got in because I was trying to work on a relationship with someone important in my life. So we were, we were in it together and then we evolved to our own separate one. And I think you also like can learn some things that are a little heartbreaking too. I remember Mm. asking her, like, is it, is it ever going to go back to what it was? And it's like, probably not, you know, like you're now 
opening your eyes and looking at certain things. And there's always going to be, you're going to always look at that relationship through a different lens now. Yeah. And some of that's like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in therapy, you're dealing with like the grief of that and like having 100%. to, to work through that or let go of that. And, you know, I just like try to keep reminding myself, like ultimately at the end of the day, like I just want to be as healthy as I possibly can and not just physically, but like mentally too. And that's, that is my end goal. But a lot of that comes with hard days, mm-hmm. really fucking hard days and hard yeah. sessions and hard times. Absolutely. And hard realizations. Therapy, man. Yeah. It's real shit. And it's also, yeah, it's such a buzzword these days. Like it's yeah. such like, oh man, my therapy and blah, blah, blah. And like, here we are doing the same thing. But I think, I think what I'm trying to paint, I think you're doing a great job too, is it's, it's not easy. Like, And I think if it's easy, it's probably not effective because if it's easy, then I mean, I don't want to speak of everybody because obviously it's, it's individual, but it, in a way it's kind of like you, you have to, it's typically what you're holding on to is really hard to let go of, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's typically what is uncomfortable is something that you're, you're, you're hiding from. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be uncomfortable. You know, it's going to be sticky. It's going to break up emotions. And I think that trying to just get past that, it's, it's just about hiring a therapist and it's over. Like it requires work from you, I think is the, Out, the biggest thing. And even thing. outside of the session. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of therapists would say, you know, probably half their clients come in and, and think that the work is only in that session and they're done. And But the thing is, it's like, if that's your starting point, that's fine. You know, if, totally. that, if that's where you want to be for a year or two, like, and that's what it takes for you to start dipping in and starting to like slowly develop that relationship and uncover, fine. You know, I but I do think that, to, to really shake some shit up and, and do some work. Like, yeah, it's just, it's not easy. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, it's, I was trying to relate it to like fitness and it's like, it is kind of true. It's like the person who comes in, it's like, cool. So I do like four sessions in a month or I meet with you like once a week and then like, I'm good. Right. And you're like, well, you know, it's probably something we want to like. Good starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Like, I think that's a, yeah, exactly. Let's just talk in a month and see how you're feeling. Like, do you want to kind of continue? Yeah. Do you want to, probably up it even I would yeah. say maybe and you then know? when we up it we're gonna up the intensity yeah. and then we're gonna kind of like start lifting a little heavier and do yeah. things differently you're probably gonna be sore tomorrow yeah. which is like the mental yeah 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 it's totally that same thing but you're also gonna get so much more progress and yeah. different results it's totally similar and then how do you approach it outside of that one mm-hmm. hour session right it's like oh are you trying to do some walks are you standing a little more are you taking breaks when you're at the desk are you you know parking so a little further away like wow. what all those little things really do make a difference that's you know those true. healthy habits wow way to bring it back around yeah. well that's why when i always say just move i don't just mm-hmm. mean only physical movement yeah like i think there's a lot that goes into like moving through life and that's why it was always for me like why just move is so powerful is my phrase in life was like just move through it like keep moving through it sometimes I move backwards sometimes I move sideways but like keep moving through it because you're going to uncover so much more when you're moving and you're figuring things out rather than staying still and not doing anything Mm -hmm. and I think for so many years I just like buried my head and stood still and didn't do anything and it that never worked for me yeah so it's working for you now just move just move yeah just therapy just therapy (laughs) just all the things how long have you been working with your latest therapist I was working with her for probably like half a year wait are you not with are you not doing therapy now 
I am, but not uh, with the other person. Got it. We were, it was in new person. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. Let me explain this. I went to Heidi, my new, my therapist, because I wanted to work on a relationship with someone else. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the three, the two of us were working with Heidi. Then at some point in time, we kind of like graduated into yep. our own. So I'm still with Heidi. Oh, I see. Same therapist, just own. different Same dynamic. On my yeah. Own. yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I really cool. love her. Yeah. So probably a year now. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been. Every and I go weekly. Yeah. Yeah. I do went, you do in person? I do in person do. now. I just like I like that in person yeah. vibe. There's she a does, commitment. There's, yeah. It's different. She does telehealth. I think yeah. you know on, but no, I like in person. We do the Zoom just because that's the only thing that works for yeah. our schedule. But yeah, I definitely like being in person was definitely more powerful. Oh, what I was going to say earlier, the other thing about this, I can only speak to this for couples is there are certain things we can't talk about. We're like, we don't have the tools yet to successfully discuss just between the two of us and simply having the third neutral party there, we can have those conversations. And so we hold some conversations for those. Hey, we're not going to get any, like I was saying earlier, like what, what are your, what works for you? Like space and time is what works for river and I, right? It's like, Hey dude, we're not going to figure this out in the moment. Let's we need to take space. Pre and I too. It's like, there's certain things where it's like, we need to just bring this up in therapy and the Spartan, I think we talked about the Spartan. We ended up like going through this whole therapy session around the Spartan and we got everything. We would not have been able to do it between the two of of us because it would have been too much judgment on, you know, and, and like, um, and selfishness. But with our therapist, he's not taking sides and he's just helping expose and what then and what then and this, that. And then we're like, okay, cool. And we walked out going like, we didn't feel great. Oh, we just, we're good for the Spartan race. We're not going to argue or anything. But when we reached the Spartan race, everything had already been discussed. Like any possibility from me leaving and going home and leaving her there to us getting injured, like literally whatever it was, it was already like on the table. On the table. So when we went through it, it was like, well, I guess we're uh, not going to argue about this thing because we already knew that this was a possibility and we already kind of were prepared. If this was a possibility, we yeah. knew how to kind of handle it. That is so powerful. And I think it also like not, not to like gloss over, but it's one of those simple things of like, you can't think that everyone thinks how you think mm-hmm. and being in a situation with somebody who's a professional that can help navigate. Well, Priya thinks this way. Sorry, Priya. I know you're going to listen to this. I'm not, I'm not saying how you think, <laughs> um, you know, but Priya, why, why she's having those feelings is because she's thinking this way and why you're having these feelings and these thoughts is because you're thinking this way. It's like so helpful for someone to start breaking down because even when I was with that other person in therapy it's like you can't live your life thinking that everyone thinks the way that you think like it doesn't work that way you have to especially in important relationships and dynamics you have to understand how they think and Mm -hmm. where they're coming from or at least some of it so that you can be able to kind of like get the whole big picture so I yeah I mean I would if I ever get in a healthy relationship hell yeah we're going to therapy from the very beginning like Let's learn how we communicate. Totally. Like, you don't yeah. have to do it alone. I think that's the biggest thing. The takeaway for me with therapy, and then it extends beyond therapies, you don't have to do it alone. Like you, yeah. anything that you have struggle with, you can ask for help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you, do, I think there's a big push. You know, I think it's changing, but it's like, do you know, no pain, no gain. Do yeah. it on your own. Like you don't need help and drive, drive, drive. Like you got this. And that's fine if you actually do. But it's also probably a big reason why a lot of people fail and and have really yeah. hard times is because like 
it's okay to ask for help, yeah. you know, and for us, for, you know, it definitely is key to, yeah. to success for us. Yeah. So I love that. Shout out to therapy. Shout out to therapy. Shout out to Priya. All right. Well, I think that rounds the old therapy topic Whoa. up for now. That was a lot. That was therapeutic. That was there. These are always therapeutic conversations. Yeah. Just speaking about shit is there not holding it in. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for sharing that stuff. Like I've never yeah. even really talked oh. at that depth with you about some of this stuff oh. off camera, off mm. audio recording. So yeah, I appreciate you I sharing all that. Sometimes I just try to, <laughs> that was in a different life. Yeah. That was no, a whole different same life. world. It feels like a different life. Yeah. I like when you were talking earlier, I was thinking, uh, I like little sayings. And it was like, I heard, uh, you are all the ages you've ever been. Mm. And I love that because I think it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm 39. My 39 year old self isn't the same as my 25 year old self. You know what I'm like? When I heard that, I was like, I'm not, I'm not different. Like I am still three and 10 and 25 and 32, yeah. you know, like you were all those ages yeah. and it, I just, I don't know. I like that. No, like I, yeah. it's all of you, you know, totally. Yeah. And get in touch with all of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So. Okay. Well, thanks for always holding that safe space. And I always love how you can like take what I'm thinking and then turn it like my mumble jumble into like actually bite-sized pieces. So I appreciate having hard conversations with mm. someone that can like hold the space and then, and then probably break it down for people yeah. to understand. Thanks. So thank I think you. you do a good job, but thank you. Okay, I'll thank take you. it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Team. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm just going to keep reminding you all that Mike and I are having conversations off of a lot of like what we find interesting, but also things that maybe we feel like are going to be beneficial for others to hear, but we also don't know. And we want to hear from you. So if you have topics or questions or even just comments, please go to kaisafit.com com slash ask record them there leave them there we get to listen to you asking us the question mm-hmm. and if it's an actual question a lot of times we get to play it on yeah. air which is this, so fun didn't this episode come didn't someone want a yes. therapy episode someone wanted therapy yeah. and so this is where it here came we from. are yeah so please again kaisafit.com slash ask let us know what you want us to talk about yes. mike thank you so much hey you're welcome I thank really, you i appreciated this therapeutic conversation All right, team. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We'll see you back on The Kaisa Show very soon. See you later.